Welcome to Completely Mental Coaching. My name's Becca, and today I want to talk a little bit about how to understand your partner with borderline personality disorder. Before we go into understanding your partner with borderline personality disorder, I do want to remind everybody that trauma looks different for everybody. We all experience it differently. We have different reactions, different thoughts. This isn't meant to be a guidebook that says one shoe fits all. This is more to give some tools and tips and tricks on how to help somebody, how to better understand borderline personality disorder and how to be more attuned into your own relationship. Let's remember what borderline personality disorder is. It is an inability to regulate your emotions. So where people normally have a baseline to catch them between the highs and lows they experience in their life, someone with borderline personality disorder lacks the baseline to catch them between the highs and lows of their life. This is referred to as the black and white thinking or the euphoria and dysphoria. And what happens is when we don't have that net or we don't have our baseline to catch us in between the highs and the lows of life is that we oftentimes get stuck in that fight or flight survival mode. And what happens to our body on fight or flight survival mode is it's not thinking rationally. It's not thinking of solution. It's thinking of purely survival because it's saying that, okay, we have a threat. We have active threats more often than not. Because what happens with borderline personality disorder is we've been taught through childhood development in our environments that we are not safe. We don't have stability and therefore we have to be on hyper alert all the time. So we each pick up our own unique little coping mechanisms to deal with the environments that we were thrown into and they carry on into our adulthood and then they start giving us problems. Another thing to keep in mind is that many of us suffer from chronic emptiness and identity disturbance. They are each a trait, one of the nine traits of borderline personality disorder. And what happens is that in our environments, oftentimes we, we don't have an environment that is safe to develop a sense of self and we don't have an environment that is safe to grow in, that is safe to find who you are, we're more oftentimes taking care of our caregivers or we're just trying to survive or we're just trying to get through it. And so we develop these unhealthy coping mechanisms such as disassociation or impulsive, um, risky behavior, substance abuse, etc., etc. Instead of developing a sense of self, we're numbing ourselves out. Not until we're able to escape the toxic environments that have trapped us for so many years and many cases our entire life that we can start to challenge the thinking that goes along with it. And that's really hard to do because your whole life you build core beliefs and you're building your core beliefs around dysfunction and disruption. You're building core beliefs around the idea that there's no stability, that you're living in constant chaos. In many cases, there's no emotional connection. You're not building the sense of connection that our bodies and our brains deeply, deeply need to survive and thrive in this life. Instead, you're literally just shutting down and learning how to survive. And so you don't build these grand coping skills. You don't build communication skills. You don't build life skills and it causes us a lot of problems when we get into our adulthood and we have these big reactions to these little events and people look at us and they don't understand why and it's because we can't regulate. We don't have a net to catch us. Everything is so extreme. Everything is either so high or so low and there is no net or baseline until we start to work backwards and heal from it. And it takes a long time because we're talking about years and years and years in our crucial developmental stage of unlearning negative coping mechanisms that kept us safe for so long. So our brain is telling us this is what keeps us safe. It shows us the facts of our most of our development to prove, see, I kept you safe. See, this was right. See, this would have happened if we didn't do this. And it confirms, and it's a little voice in siren that tells us that the self-sabotage box, the box of darkness, the box of paranoia, the box of fear is somehow safer than the world and the unknown and challenging those thoughts because it's guaranteed to fail. We're always guaranteed to be abandoned. We're always guaranteed to be let down. We're always guaranteed to be hurt 
her. This transfers into our relationships. And remember, not just our romantic relationships, but today we're just talking about the romantic relationships. So we lack the ability to communicate effectively because we're living in survival. And when we're in the fight or flight response, our brain isn't thinking of solutions. It's not thinking about challenging perspectives. It's not active listening. It's thinking about how to protect itself. It's interpreting what everybody is saying, what is being told to them as a direct attack. And it needs to prepare for such. This can lead into some pretty explosive arguments in the relationship, and I know it definitely did for mine. I know oftentimes my husband was left with the idea of like, okay, I didn't take out the trash. How are we sitting here an hour later and you're sitting here asking if I want to leave you or if I'm cheating on you? It was trash. But again, remember, there's no baseline, there's no gray, there's no simple solution. There's all good or all bad. That's that black and white thinking. And so when we have a little thing happen, I like to think of the iceberg. I call it the iceberg effect. So you have the reality action that's what you see but what you don't see is everything underneath that surface so for instance I'll go back with the example of I used to get mad at my husband a lot because he would go to work and the trash can would be full and be so heavy and I'm trying to get everything ready and it was a lot and so I'd get mad at him and it would turn into you're not vacuuming you're not doing this you're not doing that you're not doing that you're not doing that I'm doing everything alone and it was a whole other different argument other than you didn't take out the trash. You didn't do this. It turned into an explosive reaction because all of a sudden I wasn't being hurt. I wasn't being appreciated. That must mean that he didn't love me. I started stacking it and it came out as the trash, but really it was everything underneath the surface that had been bothering me that we hadn't been talking about, hadn't been communicating, and it caused big issues because everything he did, I transferred as a direct attack of change. Something's gonna happen. This must mean he's tired of me. Oh, how could he love me? He's gonna leave me. Oh, this is it. This is the spark. This is where everything crumbles. This is where everything ends. And it wasn't until healing that I became self-aware to start recognizing my roots, being able to communicate what I'm feeling, and we were able to identify the true problem below the surface. Another big problem that I see oftentimes is a lack of boundaries, and I know my relationship suffered from it greatly. And in healing, especially with borderline personality disorder, boundaries are crucial. We have to have self-boundaries. And a lot of times we don't have our own self-boundaries. I know my husband didn't have boundaries. I didn't have boundaries. We were very, very toxic and we both had to work together to set our own boundaries for ourselves and then go a step further and respect each other's boundaries after we communicated those boundaries. Some good examples of boundaries are I will not be yelled at. I will not be hit. I want to be respected if I need space and time to regulate. I will not be cheated on, etc. So again, boundaries can look different for everybody, but it's important that you sit down, you understand what boundaries are yours, you understand your partner's boundaries, and you communicate them so you both can work to respect each other's boundaries. Another huge thing to understand with borderline personality disorder is the intrusive thoughts. I like to think of them as little sirens in my head all day long. And before, I used to accuse my partner, or I used to make assumptions, or I used to be so certain, I used to use a bunch of you statements. And in healing, we both have learned to use the I statements because he gets insecure, he has intrusive thoughts, sure, just not as rapidly as I do and maybe not to the degree that I do. But one thing that's been beneficial for us is he understands my intrusive thoughts are just that. They're intrusive thoughts. We don't take them personally to our relationship. We don't get mad at them. We don't get mad that they're there. When I'm having a hard time, we work through them. So try to be emotionally attuned to your partner's thoughts in the sense of, okay, these thoughts are here and they may not make sense to me, but my partner is struggling with these thoughts and I want to work to help them kind of get over these thoughts. Knowing that with time, you're brain will get used to that 
and it starts to reframe so you're doing it less and less and less and less and less but it takes time especially being in an environment where we didn't have that emotional reassurance in fact we probably had little to no reassurance so when we find ourselves in a relationship yes we want endless reassurance and my husband I love how he describes it he's like if your partner needs reassurance just give them the reassurance what are you gonna do argue with them and and spend time you know making them feel bad for it no just hey I'm helping my partner I'm sorry that you're feeling this way I'm glad I can make you feel a little bit better and it brings me joy to do that and I love when he says that I'm like okay it makes me feel like I don't have to be shameful for my intrusive thoughts that is a huge part of healing with BPD we need to be able to release the shame that we have with our thoughts and our feelings and be able to let it out and be able to feel comfortable enough to communicate our feelings to learn how to communicate our feelings so that we can talk to you about how we're feeling so that we can see that we're safe so we can start to learn how to be a team and start to learn how to grow and communicate and be effective none of these things happen overnight they take time they take patience they take energy and they take a hell of a lot of understanding and compassion not just for ourselves but for our partner and it becomes really difficult because we forget that almost every single one of us has trauma we don't go through this life without some sort of trauma and we're not all given the same tools to learn and understand how to get through that trauma how to navigate it so we have to work together to learn these tools not just learn these tools but we have to work together to learn each other's triggers to learn each other's trauma to build an understanding of each other so what can I do in times of distress what can I do if my partner's reacting if they're triggered if their negative coping mechanisms are coming out and I'm uncomfortable I'm triggered I don't want to deal with this I don't know how to deal with this what can I do breathe first off breathe I know that it's frustrating and I know that it feels like they're attacking you and like you're in a war zone because again you are you're in a sense preparing for war your walls are up you're both triggered and both of you are not able to communicate in a calm reasonable fashion so the first thing that you need to do is identify that that no solutions are going to come from this reactive state you need to separate yourself and they need to separate themselves so that they can find a regulation point point. and yes this is hard and this is very difficult especially in early healing because a lot of times someone with borderline personality disorder is going to take this as a rejection, as a, you're going to leave me. See, this is proving to me that you don't want to be around me, that I'm a burden, that I'm this, and I'm all these negative things in their head. But remember, boundaries are crucial in healing. And no matter how much they yell, scream, or stand on them, how much you're sitting in front of a room watching their reactions, if they are not respecting your boundaries and they're in this heightened state, you're never going to find any communication. You're never going to find a baseline, and it's just going to continue to get worse. So the first thing that we have to practice is doing is stopping our initial reactions, taking a break and separating and learning how to take those timeouts. It's very important after the timeouts that you come back and talk about what's going on. You talk about what's underneath the iceberg. You talk about the root of the problem. And when you find yourself going off into a hundred different directions, when you find that you're triggered, then you take another timeout. You take a step back and you say, okay, whoop. Our walls have been activated, our survival brain is on. All right, let's take a break, let's regulate, let's get back that upstairs, that frontal brain, you know, let's get back our wise brain, let's get back to a point where we can go back to talking to each other. It's hard and it takes a lot of practice and at first you're probably gonna find that you're taking a break what feels like every two seconds. And that's okay because you have to work and try and reframe that thinking and you have to learn how to communicate with each other and it doesn't happen overnight. So guess what? You're still gonna react during this healing period. It is very unrealistic to expect things to just whoop, shift and change overnight. Healing is about those small changes, those small gradual changes that happen one day at a time, 
some days one moment at a time. It can feel overwhelming learning how to navigate a relationship when one or both of you struggle with borderline personality disorder, but the bottom line, it comes down to being emotionally attuned to your partner, and this goes above and beyond borderline personality disorder. Emotional attunement is just a beautiful tool to use in any relationship because any relationship is built on communication, teamwork, boundaries. There is no perfect relationship. There is no relationship standard, remember? Every relationship looks different. Every relationship has its unique expectations, perspectives, wants, desires, etc. And they're all beautiful in their own way. And they all weather their own storms. Many people will say that having a relationship with borderline personality disorder is impossible, and it can seem that way, that's fair, but I can assure you that with the proper communication, with a ton of understanding for yourself and your partner, you can absolutely have a beautiful relationship with borderline personality disorder and any other trauma. Thanks for listening to Completely Mental Coaching with Becca. I am a life coach. If anyone is interested in navigating the chaos in their brain, I do have links on my channel. Otherwise, till next time.